Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today I'm here with Chris Wallace, CEO and CIO of Von Nelson. And Chris, uh, we're getting start getting pretty used to jumping into the podcast for <laughs> yeah, the last yeah. few days. Uh, and so, you know, here we are again. You know, this is uh, we're on the 12th here, March 12th, and, and things are, are not getting better. And uh, we thought it'd be prudent to, to hop in here um, again and, and just give you a quick update on, on what we're seeing in the market. And you know, as we've discussed a number of times as we're working through this liquidity recession that we've seen, um, the coronavirus, COVID-19, is, has really accelerated things. And, you know, Chris, you know, yesterday we began to see the, the latter stages of a liquidity flush and, you know, the gold, and, gold market and treasuries beginning to sell off. Um, you know, you, you, we were talking before this, and you mentioned, you know, somewhat offhandedly that the treasury market was broken. And, you know, mm-hmm. given yesterday, in light of yesterday, could you please, uh, you know, expand on that a little bit for our, yeah, for our yeah. listeners? Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Like we've said for a long time that, you know, we needed, we've been in a liquidity recession and, Certainly, the issues with the virus and the shutdown and the concerns uh, in the, with regards to the, econom- the economies accelerated that. Um, and, you know, what we saw yesterday was real dislocations in the trading of uh, treasuries. And we saw it in indicators of stress. We've seen them building over the last several days. And you would like to say like something broke yesterday, but I think more generally what we saw were safe haven assets, which can also be assets that are used for collateral to borrow against to buy other assets, really finally started to sell off yesterday. So we saw, um, you know, the long end of treasury start to sell off. We saw gold sell off. Um, some of that is just with the volatility in the market and the unwindings, the, you know, it's a normal trading range. Uh, but there were correlations that started breaking down, which in these sell-offs and in these drawdowns is an indication that we're getting to the later stages. Um, and we can see that that's kind of continued and followed through today where, you know, gold is down over 3%. You know, gold can also be used as collateral. Uh, but we also have seen other sectors really start to catch down to the rest of the market. So REITs and utilities are finally gapping down as if they're levered retailers and levered industrials. Um, and that, to me, is an indication that we're, we're getting to the later stages of this flush. Um, and people are just selling in, any and everything they can, uh, whereas before they were selling their areas of greatest concern or higher beta or leverage, and now we're just selling everything. Yeah, and you know, as, as we're looking at this, uh, you know, conversations around what the what the Fed's role should be, and, and do they need to step up, and what should they do? And you know, uh, you know, an hour or so ago, um, they did, and um, you know, they announced <laughs> a, a, a pretty uh, uh, big step forward. You know, but in your expectation, you know, is is this enough? Have they done enough, or um, is this the beginning? It's the beginning. You know, as we've said, talked previously. I mean, there's just going to be face peeling levels of QE. And a trillion dollars sounds like a lot, but if you spend any time looking at how much capital is in uh, wholesale funding and the amount of leverage and the assets it's trying to support, um, I, I don't, it's a drop in the bucket, right? Uh, I think that gets us through the next few days. Um, ironically, the solutions the Fed's talk or the, the Congress is talking about utilizing with fiscal stimulus is just a further drain on liquidity. So, you know, the Fed may throw up a trillion dollars tomorrow in the next few days to help the uh, securitization and equity and, and shadow banking system. 
they're going to throw up another trillion to help this stimulus package and then another trillion for ongoing deficits after that. So look, the Fed's increasing its balance sheet at a rate that it'll be larger than the U.S. economy by the end of the year. And we'll see. I don't know that we get to those levels, uh, but at least they've got the message. Um, and the minute the statement came out, you always get the reflective bounce in the market. But what we got was uh, a little less uh, dislocations in, in individual name trading. I do want to emphasize that while the Fed is there to provide the liquidity and Congress is there to provide fiscal stimulus, we're going through a liquidity recession. It got accelerated. We're getting towards the later stages of it now. All this does, the stimulus and the liquidity by the Fed, is provide for the most stable environment possible to arrive at the correct price, being price discovery in these securities. So it's not going to change where we end up. So, you know, don't go out and buy energy because you see this, because energy still has got some real fundamental problems. Don't go out and buy thinking securities are going back to their old high or the whole broad indices are. It's not going to happen, especially in the small cap space. But it gives us an environment for this liquidity recession to play itself out and for true price discovery to come back into the capital markets. And, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a terrific point to so my next question here. And, you know, as, as we're looking at valuation and we're looking at prices, you know, we've seen you know, small cap at this point is back down to, you know, the December of 2018 prices, um, you know, a, a space that we've identified in the past as, as one where we, you know, view as a fair value. Um, and in general, we've, we've have a whole number of sectors now that are trading below the, the, the uh, December of 2018 uh, lows, so I guess you could point that. Um, we still have some, some secular growers that have not, right, namely REITs, utilities. We've seen large cap tech, healthcare. Those guys haven't seen it, yep. the, the drawdown quite yet. But um, so, you know, what, what are valuations at this point? And, and then yeah. I guess more specific to that, you know, where do you, are you starting to identify some, some opportunities? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, as if we, any. Yeah. No, right. yeah no, there are. And that's what... You know, pr probably the, the message to get out is at December of 18, on that 23rd, 24th, that time period, stocks were finally fair value for not a recession. Um, and that's broadly, just looking at the indices broadly, because everything came down uh, at about the same rate in that fourth quarter sell-off. We've gone through that at the index level in the small cap space. More importantly, there's been a little bit more discrimination in this sell-off than we saw in the fourth quarter. So as you mentioned, you know, energy's well through those levels. Financials, well through those levels. Um, anybody with leverage on the balance sheet, regardless of the health of the end market and, and the business strategy, well through those levels. So yeah, we're, we're finally starting to, without, I, mean, I don't want to say we're coming in with smiles on our faces, but names that we've been waiting to either add to or names that, man, we always wanted to be able to buy but could just never get there from a valuation standpoint to get to that kind of 15% CAGR return hurdle we have, it's happening. Um, and, you know, what I would say is given where we are in the inflection and in, in this liquidity part of the sell-off, and given, A, we're starting to enter the later stages, we're starting to get, to get the big monetary response, we're getting ready to get the whatever it takes, so we'll probably start coming up with crazy policies like back in lines of credit and everything else. 
kind of going back to that time period, and I haven't seen it since '02, where I'm going to tell you there's table pounders. And, you know, you got to start just when you start backing up the truck, putting money to work. And it's not going to be index wide because, again, there's a, still a lot of problems out there. But individual names are getting to be as good as I've seen in, in close to 20 years. Yeah. And, and that's and that's, I think, really a, a point to highlight. Right. Is as we work through um, these sectors that are, are beginning to, to really see some some substantial double digit drawdowns and, and have so for now. Uh, better part two weeks. Uh, it isn't broad, right? It's it's truly is selective, and the right. you know, names that we've been keeping an eye on here for, for in some cases years uh, might actually have, finally have the time to pick pick them up and put yeah, them in the portfolio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess that that leads to the next question is you know how, how do you time out building these positions, right? What are you yeah. what are you looking for, right? Is it strictly on a valuation basis? Um, I, I got to imagine at some level, you know, there's an overarching macro consideration. Uh, I mean. Today's environment is a perfect example, right? How do you yeah. how do you weave COVID nineteen into your investment thesis? Yeah, so I, I'm thinking about it from a couple of perspectives. A valuation's a big driver. You know, the first thing you do is you look at the business and you're asking yourself, is this a business I want to own and I want to own for a substantial period of time? And if the answer is yes, then okay, what price do I want to pay so that I can hit my return objectives? And, you know, so we've ha- we've kind of got that playbook out there. So as names we've always wanted to own as they're coming in, we're stepping up and starting to nibble at them. I'm treating this as two distinct recessions because the liquidity recession that began in 18 is just accelerating. So we're getting closer to the end point of that. And with the disruptions we're seeing in the securitization market and the leveraged loan market, you know, those markets are going to have a problem for a number of years, and it's going to take a long time for that to solve itself. But what I'm interested in from a liquidity recession standpoint is when are we going to get to the point to where the values are well past fair value for the companies that don't need a robust and exceedingly uh, generous liquidity environment to perform incredibly well, and we're getting to that level. And I think we're going to get there pretty quick because I suspect uh, you know, the uh, accelerated response from the Fed and the accelerated s- sell-offs that we're seeing, it wouldn't surprise me to see the markets close for a few days, but if they don't, we're going to get there in weeks, not months, from a liquidity standpoint. Then I'm overlaying that and saying, okay, that's great. I can deal with my liquidity recession. We've got that mapped out. We know when to be aggressive and when not to be. And now let me look at what the real economic impact of COVID-19 and kind of the social distancing and the shutdown of economic activity, I think, and I do not want to minimize the human impact of this, right? We may end up seeing headlines that make us all really uncomfortable, but when I look at the nature of the way the uh, epidemic is spread in other countries and the responses, I'm playing with a playbook that says, we're going to start to see it accelerate very dramatically here in the United States, and we'll hopefully get to a peak, or at least with containment measures, have isolated hot spots within the next kind of six to eight weeks. And then within the next 10 to 12 weeks, we see some normal resumption of activity. The idea being the second quarter's a write-off, right? It's, it's going to be a junk quarter. But don't, I know everybody's talking about, oh, well, it's going to be a V-shaped recovery. I'm not in the camp that it has to be a V-shaped recovery. Ultimately, we're going to replenish all that economic activity. 
but it may take longer than we think. We don't know what the reinfection rate's going to be and, and flare-ups of additional hot spots when people start moving about again and if we have to start re-quarantining. And there's going to be a little bit of change in behavior. But the most important element of that is for the healthy companies and the healthy businesses, they're going to look and, and, and see a V-shaped recovery. For companies that were only hanging around or able to execute their strategy because of excessive availability of liquidity and credit, they're not coming back. So when we're looking at these positions, you go slow, you, you, know, you start nibbling, we're out adding new names in small cap today, and, and we can't go into the specifics of those names, but we're, we're going to buy a tenth of a position, uh, a quarter of a position today, fully saying that, yeah, if we go through a full recession, we know what that looks like. We've got more than enough ammunition to keep adding to those, and we'll come out more concentrated, and in names that have held up well, that's the source of funds. You know, we have some cash that's available as well. Um, so we're going to be judicious, but we're not looking to, you know, wait till August to put this to work. We, we think the time frame is going to be more truncated than that. And so, Chris, you know, if you're looking at businesses out there, you know, what kind of, what kind of businesses are you, are you addressing right now, right? Are these, are these companies that are able to take advantage of, of what's playing out? Are these companies that, you know, are, are, are growing because they've got scale and can take advantage over, over smaller businesses? Or do they have, you know, products and services um, that are out there that are, uh, you know, really in, in desire right now? Yeah. The, the way I describe them are, you know, the, the names we're buying now are ones that we think have long-term opportunities, right? It, we can point to a lot of securities and go, well, look, it's near-term oversold, but, you know, is it really something you want to own? And so they're, they're little companies that are duopolies or have regional monopolies or you know, really good long-term secular trends where the, the TAM, the total addressable market, is continuing to expand despite all the challenge we, challenges we know, not just near-term but longer-term. Um, a lot of those trends that have been in place well before the liquidity recession began or before this economic slowdown began uh, are going to remain in place. And so we're just getting one of those very unique opportunities to start building those positions. Good. Uh, and last one for today, um, you know, as, as we're talking about individual positions and we've, we've identified, you know, we've, we've got some targets out there, but you know, are there, for folks that are listening, you know, is there, is there any you know, guideposts or anything that you could share that would say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm getting comfortable moving back into the market. We've washed through most of this um, and, and now is the time to take a hard look. Yeah. The, the way I describe it, there's not going to be any single indicator. So, um, you know, tops are a process and it takes a long time for markets to top out. Uh, bottoms are an event as we all know, because it has everything to do with liquidity and, and fear and panic. So what I would say is, you know, being a in, in the market, analyzing the companies, you know, tracking what's going on with an individual security and also knowing what's going on with the balance sheet and the company, we can do a pretty good job of knowing when to start to build these positions. You know, someone outside of the market looking at uh, for a guidepost to say, okay, I need to buy today. I wouldn't do it that way because ultimately you're going to watch, watch, and you're going to have that bottoming event and you're not going to want to chase it and it's just going to run away from you. Then you start panic buying into it and you know, then you get that short-term reversal and it just doesn't feel good and it's not a good way to do it. You got to look broadly at valuations. Um, so you know, areas of the market that have led on the downside that aren't challenged are probably good areas to start putting money into, uh, you know, taking from 
your fixed income portfolio or something like that probably makes sense. But when I look at the equity market specifically, and I know what my challenges are, they're dual, they're liquidity, and they're the response to uh, the virus. Well, liquidity, that's a process, right? First, it breaks down. People think it's not a big deal. It becomes a big deal, starts to cascade. You start to hear rumblings out of politicians that maybe we should do something. Then they start talking about doing something. And then you get the Fed panic. Well, we're at the Fed panic stage. So now we're at the stage where is the response sufficient or is it going to continue to ramp? Because we know they're going to respond. They know it's serious. So that's a time where you can go, all right, you need to start moving that direction. You need to start moving. We're much closer to a bottom than than we were previously, and we're getting to those final stages of putting in a bottom. Uh, how long and, and how, how much further to go is, is anybody's guess. Then from an economic standpoint, it's the nature of this slowdown, which is, look, it's going to be sharp. It's going to happen. It's either going to be dealt with quickly, and it's going to arrest itself quickly like we're seeing in other areas of the world. So again, those two are kind of lining up together. What you don't know is, well, What's the collateral damage? And that's where, you know, it, it's always tough to make a call across all the broad asset classes. Well, good. Well, thanks for jumping in again. Uh, this is very helpful for, for me, for sure, and uh, hopefully for everyone else that's listening. And uh, with things moving like it, they have, I'm, I'm sure we'll be hopping in here again <laughs> I'm soon. sure we will. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Chris. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.